Welcome to this recording provided by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ on this website for February the 7th. I'm Warren Berkeley. I'm going to take us to the book of Hebrews chapter 5, and I'll take you there in just a moment. I want to start with something every Christian knows, the necessity of spiritual growth. In this lesson, I'm not talking about local churches increasing in number. That can be discussed some other time. I'm talking about individual, personal, spiritual growth that I need to pursue every day and you need to pursue every day as a Christian. You know, after physical life begins, there is birth and then growth. If that newborn baby parents take home just remains the same over weeks and months, the parents are alarmed and they seek professional help. Parents are exceptionally alert and aware of how the child progresses, how the child moves through stages of development toward maturity. The child's weight and height is noted Parents listen for new words and better coordination and social interaction, responses to attention. Failing to grow or thrive is disturbing, and parents react to that. So there is a natural progression that parents pray for and look for, and they are encouraged by birth followed by growth. In the book of Hebrews, there is a passage I want to read in chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. If you are able to have your Bible, it will be good for you to meet me there at Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 in just a moment. The inspired writer in chapter 5 speaks of priest and how Jesus' designation by God as high priest is related to the order of Melchizedek that you can read about in the Old Testament. That line of thought is introduced, and then the writer abruptly says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Listen to this in Hebrews 5, beginning with verse 11. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is very much like what I was talking about a moment ago, where expected growth in some cases does not occur, and that raises an alarm. They were still on a milk diet, not solid food. And this leads the writer to admonish his readers about the necessity of spiritual growth. 
they needed to be in daily pursuit of being skilled in the Word and growing in their faith closer to God with greater discipleship to Christ. God expects people who have been born again to grow after baptism to be devoted to learning and developing godly character, abounding more and more in love, eager to distinguish good from evil with maturity and aptitude. Not only in Hebrews 5, but in these other passages I'm going to cite, this essential for Christians is highlighted. In 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. In 1 Peter, it is interesting, at the end of chapter 1, Peter brings up being born again. Then as chapter 2 opens, listen. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow into salvation. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. I'm going to give you one more. This is from the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Paul reviews all that God has done or provided for his people to be mature. Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, we have all these passages. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, 
1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. In all these passages, we are able to see a process that needs to be ongoing. Progress, improvement, development, we often call this spiritual growth, and it is essential. Now, I have one point to make about all of that in this recording. Individual spiritual growth cannot be paused. Individual spiritual growth cannot be paused. There may be times in your life when you think spiritual growth needs to be paused, put on hold, set aside for a while. The thought pattern in your head may sound something like this. Life is really hard for me right now. My concentration is broken. I'm exhausted. I'll get back into spiritual growth and the things of God after things calm down. Having embraced this attitude, you don't pray as much. Worship is neglected. Bible reading is postponed. Self-examination and devotion to serving others is put on hold. There is no mentioning of Christ to those who are lost. Maybe that has happened to some Christians during the pandemic, especially without in-person assemblies. It may occur to us, I'll just wait, and I'll get back into serious discipleship later when things get back to normal. What's happening when individual spiritual growth is paused or postponed? I'm going to use the Bible to answer that. What's happening when individual spiritual growth is paused or postponed? First, growth isn't something that you can just pause. If you're not growing, you're moving in the other direction. You are deteriorating. If a child stops growing, if expected and critical development doesn't occur, that can't be ignored. As a Christian, if you're not moving forward, it isn't just that you're not moving. You're moving backward. In the New Testament, as you read about being a disciple of Christ, it is daily not periodic. Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. Luke 9.23 There is no option to put discipleship or spiritual growth on pause. And if you do, you lose ground. You waste time. You move backward. See, in the absence of growth, there is decay. You are decreasing when you are not increasing. So let us not entertain the idea of stopping or pausing spiritual growth. Secondly, to pause spiritual growth is an act of irresponsibility. God hasn't said in His Word, folks, here is spiritual growth. If you have time, if you feel like it, and everything is agreeable in your life, and everything is smooth, you can do this, and I'll appreciate it and acknowledge it. 
Spiritual growth isn't framed that way. It is given as a command, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever to the day of eternity. Amen. That's 2 Peter 3.18. I cannot set aside obedience to a command because I don't feel like it. I have other things I need to do. That kind of reasoning is, is irreverent and disrespectful to God who has said to baptized people, grow. The temptation to Paul's spiritual growth is ill-advised, dangerous, deadly, because where there is no growth, there is decay. You move backward, and God has assigned us this task, really, to back away from discipleship for a season, or Paul's spiritual growth hurts you, offends God, and greatly reduces the power of your influence and service to others. Third, let me ask, what specific part of spiritual growth do you think you can suspend or pause? I want you to think of this very carefully now. What part of spiritual growth do you think you could effectively suspend or pause? May I take us to second? Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter is writing to Christians who were under pressure. They were opposed by the world. Some were in poverty and sickness. They had their problems, just as we perceive we have ours. Here's what the Apostle Peter wrote to them in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 15. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these things, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided to you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. 
I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. All right, folks. If you think you can put spiritual growth or following Christ on pause for a while, which parts of this can you safely neglect? Will you not supplement your faith with virtue for a while? Can you postpone self-control, thinking you will resume that discipline when things calm down? Peter said, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfaithful. Do you see, if we are not increasing, we are decreasing and subjecting ourselves to being ineffective and unfaithful. Spiritual growth cannot be paused for a time without your heart being rebellious against what Peter wrote in this passage. Verse 15 is Peter's example for us, where he said, I will make every effort. Peter was suffering trouble and threats far greater than what we're going through. His determination is a vivid example for us to follow. I will make every effort. Don't reduce your zeal or effort when it gets hard. Don't think you can safely put a pause on spiritual growth during the pandemic. Fourth, listen carefully to this. It is vigorous, uninterrupted spiritual growth that brings God's strength into our lives to preserve us and hold us up in hard times. If I think putting spiritual growth on pause will help me cope with difficulty, I'm so wrong about that. It will make it worse. To back away from daily discipleship, to stop praying and studying, to step away from self-examination, only weakens you, makes you vulnerable, gives you no power to withstand temptation. I talked to someone one time who for many years had no involvement as a disciple of Christ. Baptized, yes. Growth, no. And when challenged, this is what was said. I've had lots of personal issues over the years. When all of that gets straightened out, I'll be back to being a faithful Christian. Here is how simple this is. To stop being a Christian has never helped anybody do anything good. To stop being a Christian has never helped anybody do anything good. When I'm praying and reading my Bible and serving others and talking to people about the gospel and helping with the Lord's work and worshiping and growing, that's how God strengthens me to abound more and more and to serve Christ better. Strength to cope with difficulty 
is never discovered in disobedience or pausing spiritual growth. These are hard times. We've never been through anything like this last year. Not only the pandemic, the political turmoil, economic stress for many, uncertain times ahead. This is not the time to pause your personal devotion to God. In fact, this is the time to pray more and do more and serve more and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, abounding more and more, because Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse 9, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Thank you for listening.